very, very pleased that I have the privilege of being in this church this morning. As you know, I have two churches, and the other church, somebody said, hey, I am willing to preach, and uh, my head elder immediately said, wonderful. So they chose the other man because he can't come too often, and I was supposed to be there, but I chose to be here because I like all of you very much. We had a good Sabbath school. We had a very good time together, song, and now we're going to have a good service here. And I'm not the preacher. We have another Dan. He's called Dan 1, and I'm Dan 2. I would like to uh, just take a moment here to read something for you that talks about our church. It says, now ye are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. As somebody said, that we're all made in the image of God. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, and so forth and so on. And then it says this, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And here's one of the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. God is always showing us a better way here on this earth and eternal life, a better way, a better way. And I kind of thought that that would kind of follow through with follower. We follow God in a much better way. So I'm here to welcome and introduce our head elder of this church and he will have the service, and I think this is the first time that I'm hearing him as a minister from this pulpit, so I'm going to be listening, and I will receive a real blessing, and I'm glad you're here. God bless you as you present the message for this hour. So let's bow our heads and we pray to our Father in heaven. Jesus, thank you so much for blessing us with the Sabbath day. You set it aside as a day at the end of your creation of a planet that you gave to us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that you lead us and guide us in your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that will translate my words, Lord, into 
to those that we need to hear today. I ask this in your name. Amen. If I need to switch mics, Josiah, you just let me know. So the title of my lesson, or my, my message to you today in the bulletin is what? Follower. Follower. What does that make you think about? Following someone? What else does that make you think about? A hint is up on the screen. If I was going to retitle my message this morning, it would be Psalms 23 and me. Not Psalms 23 and you, but me. So maybe as we go over Psalms 23, we can get a new look into a shepherd's perspective of Psalms 23. Who wrote Psalms 23? Does anybody remember? David, King David. What was King David in his early days as a young boy growing up? A shepherd. Do you think he had enough experience to write Psalms 23? I think so. He had more experience than me, I'm sure. And I got to get some magical things out of my pocket. Josiah, you told me there's supposed to be a light on here. I thought I did. Hmm? You said it was on the side. I did something not right. But anyway. Okay. Do I just, is there a forward button and a rever reverse button? Technical difficulties. This is advancing, this is backwards. Okay. I am going to do my best to, to read these, so I'm not going to be turning around and reading from the screen very much. Um, give me five seconds. I collect books, especially when they're free. I like free. And... Anybody else like free? You're laughing down here. Um, I acquired this book called A Shepherd's Look at Psalms 23 by Philip Keller. So if I repeat some of his words, make sure you go to this book because I'm trying not to plagiarize his book. There'll be some quotes up here on the screen. I like the book. I mean, I, I learned a lot from it. Um, reiterated some things I've learned before about Psalms 23, and I learned some new things. And um, 
Let me read this to you. Can we in our Western culture fully understand Psalms 23? Have you or I taken care of sheep? If you've taken care of sheep, raise your hand. My hand is up. Josiah's is up. My wife in here in the back row. Okay. Um, for you that have not taken care of sheep, hopefully you'll learn something today. And if you want to volunteer something, uh, maybe near the end, raise your hand and we'll hear some wisdom from people that have taken care of sheep. To what extent have, uh, do we understand taking care of sheep? Uh, Philip Keller grew up in East Africa, surrounded by simple native herders whose customs closely resembled those of their counterparts in the Middle East. Then later for eight years he owned sheep and was a sheep rancher. He understands sheep management and so will you more so as we continue on. Oh, I think it's cutting off something on the top. Uh, I got to be careful. I think I hit the button twice there one time. So I'm going to read Psalms 23, and I want you to read it with me silently, okay? It's something you've probably memorized as a child. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you, Hilda. So let's contemplate and evaluate phrase by phrase of this poem that David wrote to see how we can apply it to our lives today. There'll be a lot of questions asked. I don't expect you to raise your hand and give answers. Think about your own life, my life, and see how I am a sheep or should be a sheep and how I follow, or how you follow. The Lord is my shepherd. Who is the Lord? Jesus, we hope. Do we allow the sheep, the, Jesus to be our shepherd? Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. There are bad shepherds out there. As I read this book, he talked, about sometimes what bad shepherds do and the sheep um, struggle because of it do you 
do I allow a working relationship with our maker or our shepherd? Think back this, think pa back this past week. Have we allowed uh, the shepherd to lead us in our lives? Do I know that Christ, or I'm sorry, God in Christ is deeply concerned about me as a particular person to my short sojourn on this planet? You know, we live between 70 and 90 years, some people less, some people more. That's a short period of time. And then if we haven't been Christians all that time, it's even shorter, isn't it? Is my relationship with Christ proportional to my concept of him? How big do we let God be in our life? Just a little bit? Or a whole lot? Do we know our shepherd from first-hand experience? Think back this past week. Did we have any first-hand experiences with our shepherd? How about the week before? Do we know his character? And do we understand something about him or his ability? Where do we learn God's character? The Bible. Thank you. Imagine God's universe, his life workings of the cell microorganisms. I'm not a medical doctor. Anybody looked at cells under the microscope, studied cells? Anybody else? The complicated cell, I don't think we really understand how it fully works, but it gets complicated, doesn't it? Do we allow God to own us since he created us? Or do we like to own our own selves? Jesus bought us with a price on the cross. Do we allow him to put a claim on us? If you claim something, you don't let it go, right? That's my car. I don't give it away. That's my dog. I'm not going to give it away. That's my cat. That's my child. I reluctantly give away my child when they get married. Hmm. I'll have to face that one of these days. Maybe you already have. Sheep do not just take care of themselves, but need a shepherd. And we'll learn more about that. Sheep just don't simply take care of themselves. Did Jesus come to set us free or to put us in bondage? Some people think the Ten Commandments makes us go into bondage. Does it really? It's a guideline for something better, is it not? In down here. How many have read in already? Yeah. When Keller bought his first 30 sheep, he took a knife and carved his mark deep in their skin to show ownership. Whose mark do you and I have? When I first read that, I knew of branding, but I didn't know about taking a knife and cutting a mark into an animal. Do you think it had 
sensory uh, organs on the skin to where it could feel what you were doing to it? Probably. I don't know if I could have done it. I don't think I could take a hot brand like they brand cows or other animals and just singe the, the leather or the hide trying to make something permanent. I wouldn't think I could do that. But what trials do we go through in our lives as we are on our Christian path? The trial that sheep goes through to be identified to its owner. I shall not want. That was part of the psalm also, was it not? What does that mean? This is a sentiment of a sheep utterly satisfied with its owner, perfectly content with its lot in life. Are we perfectly content as being a Christian? Sometimes we might have our downs in life, but are we perfectly content? The word want has several meanings. Not lacking, not deficient, Contented in the good shepherd's care and consequently not craving or desiring anything more. Are our wants taken care of? Probably not. How about our needs? Jesus has promised to take care of our needs. If our wants aren't taken care of, maybe we should reevaluate what our wants are. Do we need that brand new Cadillac? Do we need that new million dollar home? Or can we get by with that Carmen Ghia that's old? <laughs> Crystal, you can tell Michael it. It keeps running. Or how about that small house that things are breaking down on it? Or, you know, something. We would desire more, don't we? But do we need it? David wrote this psalm, as we mentioned before. Was he ever in short supply? Think about David's life. I don't know when he wrote this psalm. What is it, when he was a king? When it was a shepherd? But did David ever have wants in life? Were they satisfied as quickly as he would like to have been satisfied? How many years was David wandering out in the wilderness with a few followers trying to maintain the peace and, and keep alive by God's grace? One must never think that he or she, a Christian, will never have hardships. We just think about our members in this own church. We are having hardships. We have health issues. We struggle with strokes. We struggle with children that make decisions that we're not sure about, but we have to trust that they know what they're doing. Jesus said that he has overcome the world for us. How do we accept that? How do we accept that? Was David referring to material things when he wrote this psalm? Or is it only spiritual things? How do we apply it to our lives? Spiritual or physical?
Who is the master that makes a difference in our destiny? Jesus or something else? Something else might be, now I made a limited list. You can add to it. Another master could be work, maybe hobbies, sports, do I dare say electronic toys, maybe drugs, or something else that takes up our time with God. Some have all the material possessions in life, but chose the wrong master. What is the result of that? when we choose incorrectly. Poor in spirit, shriveled in soul, and an unhappy life. We discussed in Sabbath school, the unhappy life may not be immediate. It could come down the road a ways when things go wrong for us. Then we finally get unhappy. Those who are poor but have chosen the true master are permeated by a deep, quiet, subtle peace that is beautiful to behold. Have you met anybody that everything seemed to be going wrong in their life, but they still kept peace? Think about that. Can you have peace in the middle of strife? You can. You can have God's peace that he wants to give you. Is it better to be contented or to have a continual desire to search for more. Think about that a minute. Hilda says, can you have both? Okay. That's true. It depends on how you interpret the more and what you're doing. What is the more you're looking for? You know, you, the Bible tells us that we'll be forever learning in heaven. Ever searching for something that we didn't know. You know, the, if we ever learn everything, then we'll be God. And we're not promised that we're going to be God, are we? Are you or I content with Jesus' management? Or do we try it on our own? Do we try to tell God how it should be done? Do we tell God we know better? Sometimes in our lives we probably go through stages where we think we know what is best. But after that stage, who actually knows best? What is the result of choosing a different manager? What is the reward of choosing somebody else? I left a blank up there. What word should be filled in? Death. We don't like to think about that very often, do we? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. How does that make you feel? A green pasture. You ever laid down on the grass, a nice thick green grass and contemplated the sky or the trees or what's there? 
Sheep will not lie down unless certain requirements are met. They need to be free from fear and friction among the other sheep. They cannot be tormented by flies or parasites. Hunger has been satisfied. How about in our own lives? What does it take for us to lie down and be content? Truly contented. Who is the one to take care of these requirements? Does a sheep or the shepherd take care of these requirements? Think about that. Sheep, if they're left on their own, they will eventually eat. They'll look for water. Um, when we had sheep in, in Texas, they had a limited space, and they would look around for water that were always filling up the uh, water trough for them. They had food out there, all kinds of grass to eat. Um, I didn't see our sheep fighting very much. Marie Angelie, do you remember our sheep fighting? Maybe when you get a big herds of sheep, they have a tendency to fight more. If the requirements are not taken care of, these sheep are restless and do not do well. The same with people. If we have stresses in our life, how does that affect us? Are we happy individuals or we're not? Think about the last time you were really stressful. How did you react to those around you? Have you ever had a supervisor that seemed to be overstressed? I have a supervisor that gets overstressed. He forgets things or rearranges things and thinks someone else did it instead of another person. Sheep can spook easily and will run from danger, but not faster than a coyote or a cougar. Sheep don't run real fast. Sheep are most contented to see the shepherd, master, or owner with them to protect them. All of us will have misfortune in life, but the good shepherd is here to watch over us and get us through it by his grace. If you think about it, um, I don't know how many sheep David took care of, but just imagine... Well, the, Jesus told a story about 100 sheep. So think about 100 sheep. How hard would it be for you to take care of 100 sheep? 100 dogs, Rodney. Oh, you need dogs. You have extra help, don't you? The shepherd needs extra help. Okay. 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us God has given us a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Self-control. Think about that a minute as we move on. In all animal groups, there is a pecking order. Anybody not know what pecking order is? Good. We all know what pecking order is. Even in our human life, or humans, uh, we have pecking order too, don't we? How about at your work? Who's a natural born leader at your work? Who's a natural follower at your work? There's different routines that we get into this pecking order. Keller's sheep would give up this pecking order when he was around. 
So when Jesus comes around in our lives, do we give up a pecking order and let him take over? Or do we like to keep our control? What do we do to get ahead at the office, church board, social group, etc.? Think about that. Have we learned to be content with where we are at? Jesus says the last will be first and the first will be last. Do we like that? How many of us like to be last? How many of us like to be first? It depends on what it is. If the ship is sinking, who wants to be the first one off? Thanks, Stephen. You're the only honest person here. Sheep can be tormented tremendously by insects and parasites of many kinds. If insects are not controlled, sheep cannot lie down and rest and possibly will rush off into the bush to try to get contented. Contentment is managed by the good shepherd. He uses insect repellents, dipping for ticks, and shelters that he makes available for the sheep. How many of us have ever had a tick on us? I have. Anybody else? Do you like it? What is it doing to you? It's doing what? That's right. It's biting into you, sucking the blood out of you, um, taking your life out of you. And just think, if you have too many of those on you or an animal gets too many, it's, it's really um, a negative effect on the animal. They can die from it. Um, the aim of the shepherd is to keep the flock quiet, contented, and at peace. What was Paul on a Sabbath school lesson trying to give everybody? Grace and peace from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How do we allow the shepherd to take care of us? Do we only allow him to take care of us a little bit or a whole lot? Do we allow Jesus to become the driver of our car or do we want him in the back seat to be quiet and we're driving our car? And I'm using the term figuratively. Finally, there must be a freedom from fear of hunger. Green pastures presume that there is good, uh, good food. Sheep do better health-wise in dry climates where there is less parasites. You guys know what parasites are, fleas and ticks and things that are taking life from something else? Um, you guys know what mistletoe is? Mistletoe is a fungus, and where does it grow? In trees. And if it's left unchecked, what happens to the tree? It'll eventually die. Sheep or us will eventually die if we let parasites take control of us. The shepherd spends considerable labor to prepare green areas for proper food. He clears areas of rocks and roots, cultivates soil, plants, seeds, and irrigating if possible. This type of area is most needed when baby sheep are being born and raised. Baby sheep are more fragile. The description of Israel was a land flowing with milk and honey. 
possibly agriculture terms describing rich harvests and bees pollinating these plants for food. I know, who, who's been to the Holy Land today? I have been, Mary Angeli, anybody else? When I was over there, I was trying to, to find the milk and honey part. I never saw it. It does not look like a land flowing with milk and honey. It's more dry. They do irrigation. They do have uh, agriculture there. They have their, um, it's been a long time since I read about uh, the type of um, groups. I almost said communes, but I'm not sure if that's the right term. But they have certain types of groups of people get together and they, and they grow produce and stuff. Kibbutz? Kibbutz? Okay. What? Oh, yeah, they, they grow a lot of agriculture there in Israel. Um, but a lot of work um, is, is done to grow things well. But God said that was a land flowing with milk and honey. So way back when, when the children of Israel were given that land, it must have been beautiful. It must have been like green pastures that just go in and, and make use of what the blessings that God gave them. Which harvest do we feed on? God's rich preparations or the harvest of the world? Which pastures do we want to be in? Green ones that God has prepared for us or the pastures that the world prepares? I don't want to see uh, any hands, but I grew up in a Christian family, and maybe you didn't. And what was the environment in which you grew up in or the non-Christian environments that you participated in. You're here today, so hopefully you have, you have made a different choice in life, a different direction, a different pasture that you want to be in. He leadeth me beside still waters. The good shepherd plans in advance and has watering locations set aside where he leads the sheep. Animals on the average are 70% water, which is needed for normal body metabolism. Humans are what percent water, my love? 90%? 80, 90? It's, it's, it's up there, apparently. Um, water deprivation causes damage to tissue, weakens, and becomes impoverished. If we don't drink enough water ourselves, what happens to us? Think about that a minute. If we don't drink enough water, I know I have a tendency to get sick more often if I don't drink water. When thirsty sheep become restless and will set off for water holes, even if the water is polluted, polluted water can bring parasites and other diseases or disease germs. We don't even like to drink out of a dirty mud puddle, do we? I don't even like our dogs to drink out of a, a dirty mud puddle or something like that, but dogs are doing it all the time. Um, obviously, if you have pets or a lot of them, you don't want them to get sick because it gets very expensive with vet bills, or if you don't have a vet, then for you to take care of them, you gotta become knowledgeable in all the sicknesses and diseases they get into. Um, I wanted to read Matthew 5, 6. 
Unless someone can quote it from memory. Anybody quote Matthew 5, 6 from memory? No? Okay, I'll, I'll read it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Are we and sheep hungering and thirsting for the right things? Are we thirsty for God? Or will we drink from God's waters or polluted waters? Some believe that all the non-Christian religions are those seeking for God in the wrong places. Have you sought for God in a wrong place? Maybe you have. For the sheep, water comes from several places. Deep wells, dew on the grass, or springs and streams. Um, the sh shepherd is always trying to find the best water for his sheep. Um... I don't remember if it was in this book or another location. Um, sheep's mouth is very close to their nose. And sheep have to have very still water to drink out of. They, it can't be a rippling brook. It needs to be a special set-aside set place in, in the river or stream where the water is not flowing, where it's just still. It's calm. Sheep can go for months without actually drinking if there is a heavy dew on the grass and is not extremely hot. I didn't know this one before. The good shepherd will take his sheep out in the early morning and let the sheep take in water on the grass, which is clear, pure, and clean. What is recommended for us to do early in the morning? Exercise? Sleep. What did Jesus do early in the morning, Manuel? Pray. Do we go out and pray early in the morning? After getting their fill and the dew evaporated, the sheep will lie down to rest. What do we need to do to lie down and rest in God's love and care for us? People try see seeking various things to come up with a God. Here's a whole list of things there. But eventually they'll just remain thirsty. In Jeremiah 2.13, God says that through Jeremiah, people committed two, two sins. One was forsaking him, the living water, and they made broken cisterns that could not hold water. When I say again, Hilda. When I was in Israel, I we we took a, a little tour and we took a, a tour down in a low area and we saw a cistern. A cistern is a place where they used to store water. When it rains, the the water is channeled into this cistern. It's usually it's composed of rock in the earth, and it will fill up with water so they can have water throughout the rest of the year. And that's their survival for water. It doesn't rain a lot over in Israel. But to make a broken cistern that does not hold water and empties it out as it fills up, 
How wise is that? What has God told us through Jeremiah? I went too fast. Sorry about that. He restoreth my soul. Have you, have you any of you ever had a project of restoring something? Hilda, you shake your head. What did you restore? In case you didn't hear Hilda, there was a whole bunch of cupcakes that kind of got messed up. And she had to make them look good again. And as she said, it was a harder versus just like starting over. You know, we restore cars. We restore things that are valuable to us. Things that are valuable to us. Our shepherd restores our soul. So we're valuable to God, are we not? Sheep are known for becoming cast down. That is lying on their back and cannot get up, becoming frightened with frustration. Cast down. Have you ever been cast down in your life? When you've seen everything else was just not going your way and you were really distraught. Have you ever been in a position like that where you didn't know what to do? I see a few people nodding their heads. The sheep will die if the shepherd does not come and restore the sheep. So Christ came, lived a life on this earth, died on the cross, and paid the penalty so that we can be totally restored if we so choose, did he not? Predators also keep a sharp eye out for cast sheep. Buzzards, vultures, dogs, coyotes, cougars. What are they looking for? They're looking for sheep that have a disadvantage. Any sheep can become cast, but the fattest are the most vulnerable. Why would a fat sheep be most vulnerable? Slow. Can't run very fast. Awkward. On hot days, a cast sheep can die within a few hours. On cool days, for several days. It can be a slow process to get a cast sheep back onto its feet and not stumble. Jesus searches for the cast lamb to save it and get it back on its feet. He does not take pleasure in leaving the lamb to defend for itself. It can't. When Jesus told the story about the good shepherd... Did he wait 24 hours or 48 hours to go out and look for his missing sheep? He left the 90 and 9 in a safe place and he went looking. Has Jesus ever come looking for me, for you? 
How many souls did Jesus restore in the Bible? That's a trick question. There's no answer for that. Jesus alone knows. Okay. Psalms, uh, Psalms 56.13 tells us, God delivers us from death and, follow, and falling so that we will... Um, so that we will walk before him in the light of life. So what does God want for us? He wants us to walk in life. The sheep that choose the comfortable, soft, rounded hollows in the ground in which to lie down very often become cast. I thought that would have been the other way around. Soft. Comfortable, rounded out hollows in the ground. The sheep that choose those locations become cast. Why would that be? They get comfortable in life. They don't choose to follow the shepherd. Are we just as vulnerable to find the easy place, cozy corner, the comfortable position where there is not hardship? No need for endurance, no demand or demand upon self-discipline. Too much wool can collect debris and cause a sheep to become cast. Can us humans collect too much also? Accumulation of things, worldly ideas. Um, when we had our sheep in Texas, I know we had... Um, Sometime a thorny bushes would grow up, and, and some of the, 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 the sticks and stuff from the thorny bush would get caught in the fur of the lambs, or the sheep, actually. And it was hard to pull it out. It was hard to pull it out, but you eventually could get it out. The, the sheep didn't really like it. Um, sometimes a sheep would be sheared to prevent becoming cast. Sheep do not enjoy this process. Do we enjoy God shearing us to get us back on track? Do we like being disciplined by God? Usually no. Usually no. We don't like being disciplined at all. Um, has, have you anybody ever seen a sheep sheared by a professional? Do they like it? They stand there and enjoy it, right? <laughs> I was at a county fair one time, and they were shearing sheep, and they, they would tie the legs together to keep it from running away or doing anything, and then the shearer would come with his equipment and just start shaving off that wool. And the sheep didn't like it at all. Um, in Texas, we, we had a guy come up with a, a hand scissors trying to shear off the sheep because the wool would get too matted and long. And, you know, it's a lot of work. Um, it is the shepherd's responsibility to see to it that the sheep are not fat, flabby, or weak, but are strong, sturdy, and energetic. Do we allow Jesus to make us strong, sturdy, and energetic? Sometimes, all the time. The shepherd will adjust their diet to prevent fatness. 
do we like to adjust our diets so it prevents us getting fat? No. No. Hebrew 12 talks about God disciplining us whom he loves. Do we allow God to discipline us? He loves us. We claim to love him. Do we allow him to discipline us? I have more, but our time is up. So this gives me the opportunity to come back to you at another time and finish up Psalms 23. Okay, is that a deal? Probably later this month, I will have an opportunity to be up here again. So what did we learn so far about our good shepherd? Loves us, takes care of us. How about I as a sheep? What do I need to do as a sheep? Follow the shepherd. Do what the shepherd is wanting me to do. To obey. Not be fat. Be sturdy. Be strong. Drink plenty of water. Be energetic. Um, Next time when you come to get the second part, there are other things that a shepherd will do for us to take care of us. Things that we won't like. Things that the sheep don't like. But remember, we're not guaranteed to have an easy Christian life. Paul talks about us as sheep or as followers of Christ being tried in the fire as gold and silver. Why is gold and silver heated up? Anybody know? Say it again, Rose. To get molded. Okay, and before gold and silver gets molded, why is it heated up? Purification. That dross is scraped off the top because it's kind of the cruddy stuff. It's not wanted. Okay, because it weakens the metal. Okay, so remember, as me, as I, allow Christ to be in my life, I need to learn how to be a follower follow Christ along the path that he set before me. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, our shepherd, as we follow you each day, we'll have our ups and downs. We may wander. We'll come back to you. Keep us close to you. Hold us in, our, in your arms so that you can, we can feel your love. Lead us and guide us along our paths to you. Christ is in your name. Amen.